0: Hello and welcome to the SunMS4 SDG podcast series. I'm your host, Divya Sahani. At SunMS4, we strongly support the march towards achieving the SDGs by 2030. Given our close working relationships with the government, corporates, not-for-profits and universities over the last decade, we recognize that they can serve as critical agents to achieving the SDGs, especially within India. This podcast is an endeavor to bring together the great minds that are contributing to the Global March in their own unique way. Our first guest on the podcast series is Amit Lahiri, Chief Sustainability Officer and Founding Executive Director at the Center for Excellence in Corporate Responsibility and Sustainability at OP Jindal Global University, one of India's leading private institutions. Amit combines about 10 years of experience in the global life sciences industry and 20 years in the higher education sector. His career spans numerous geographies, including Canada, France, Germany, UAE, and of course, India. Today, Amit will be speaking to us about the recent changes in India's CSR policy, and also tell us about how OP Jindal Global University engages with SDGs. Amit, it is great that you could be here with us today as the first guest on the SunMS4 SDG podcast series, particularly because of your background in sustainability and environmental studies. Perhaps it will be helpful if you could tell our listeners about the evolution of India's CSR law since 2013 and its central objectives.
1: Thank you very much, Tavia, for introducing me and for your kind words and for the opportunity uh, of participating in your podcast. As you know, that 1991 was a watershed moment for India as it uh, globalized, you know, but it's, uh, it got integrated with global economies. Um, Its uh, protectionist policies got over and then uh, India Incorporated, that is uh, the private sector in India, since 1991, started getting very, very, uh, I mean, almost globally competitive with many um, Indian companies uh, registered in India, becoming multinational companies. But what we also noticed since 1991, the integration of India's economy within globalisation, so to speak, economic globalisation. Um, There was an increasing gap um, in terms of uh, equity or uh, distribution of wealth. Uh, We increasingly started seeing, although absolute poverty decreased, but relative poverty increased uh, very, very substantively. Um, There was quite a bit of uh, impact as India's industries grew and got all kinds of tax subsidies. Uh, The impact on environment was very considerable. Um, Biodiversity and species loss was very noticeable in some of India's uh, critical ecosystems, including the Western Ghats. So all these uh, social, economic, and environmental impacts started to be noticed and started to be uh, commented on, uh, sometimes very critically, internationally and nationally. And I think the Ministry of Corporate Affairs which is the apex body in India, which looks at regulating uh, industrial activities in India and all kinds of regulations and laws, started uh, doing a series of public consultations, starting off uh, with India's adopting the inclusive growth model in its 11 five-year plan in 2007. Uh, In terms of the uh, central objectives, Of the CSR law uh, as enshrined in the revised Companies Act of uh, 2013. Uh, First of all, let's talk about the eligibility of specific companies. So, only if you are making about 1,000 crore Indian rupees, uh, roughly about 10 million US dollars, or if a company's net worth is about 500 crores Indian rupees, or about 5 million US dollars, or if it's making uh, net profit of five crores INR, uh, Indian rupees, or about 750,000 US dollars, to so about a million, depending on the exchange rate, one billion US um, dollars. Then that company becomes eligible under the law to spend at least 2% of the company's net profit, which is defined in section 198 of the Companies Act. In CSR activities, which are 12 prescribed activities as laid out in Schedule 7 of Section 135, the Companies Act. And uh, very quickly, uh, Divya, um, uh, it's, it's very important to note that as of July 19, um, beyond the 12 statutory prescribed uh, uh, areas of activities, CSR, the scope has been expanded now into CSR money can be spent into research and development by IITs, by autonomous uh, and national laboratories, um, but all these research um, and development activities which can be defended justifiably as, as promoting SDG.
0: Yes, very important point. And that actually leads me to my next question. First of all, thank you for that extensive background on the CSR law, its evolution and its central objectives. Um, In the beginning of this podcast series, I mentioned that um, you somehow were affiliated with the Ministry of Corporate Affairs. So, of course, in 2019, you were actually invited by the ministry to present a model that mapped India's CSR spending to the SDGs. And following this, the Ministry of Corporate Affairs released a high-level committee report, essentially urging corporates to align their CSR activity with SDGs. Um, It would be great if you could tell us, you know, what led to this shift in how we map the developmental impact of CSR um, and perhaps expand a little bit of your own personal experience of working with the Ministry of Corporate Affairs.
1: So in 2019, um, it is correct that uh, the High Level Committee, which is constituted directly by the Secretary of the Ministry of Corporate Affairs, was Mr. uh, Srinivasan, a very proactive uh, senior IS officer, and the Joint Secretary of the Ministry of Corporate Affairs, Mr. Uh, Ganeshwar Singh, they invited me as an expert commentator um, in their High Level Committee uh, meeting sometime in April 2019, to make a specific presentation as to how uh, the csr spending in india you know going on for the last four years since since first of april 2014 can be mapped to the 17 sdgs which is the sustainable development goals as agreed in the paris convention of 2015 and why that was important was that india was a signatory Um, One of the 193 countries in the Paris Convention of 2015 ratifying the SDGs, and not only a signatory, but India was one of the major uh, protagonists, major supporters of the SDG movement. And India is considered to be almost a poster, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, kind of a poster child or a poster boy of the SDG community. They've been almost pinning the hopes on India that if India can't implement. Uh, the roadmap of SDGs um, is basically quite hopeless for the rest of the world, you know. Right. Uh, and, and that is also because of the fact that India's uh, 1.3 billion people and its myriad challenges, social, economic, environmental, uh, possibly encompasses the range of global social, economic, and environmental challenges that all countries in the world face. And consequently, these can therefore become best practices Absolutely. Uh, and case studies which can be expanded and adapted. So with that spirit in mind, uh, I started looking at some of the major uh, CSR um, sectoral spending uh, within the top 100, top 150 uh, CSR spenders in the National Stock Exchange, the Bombay Stock Exchange. And uh, what I found was that uh, remarkably, um, 70 to 80% of the spending was remarkably well aligned to the 70 days to already. And given the fact that the total amount of uh, U.S. dollars being spent as of now uh, is about seven to eight billion U.S. dollars, you know, so, uh, so that's quite a substantive chunk of money coming just from one country.
0: Absolutely. Right?
1: And um, so my experience, I mean, I mean, mean, just to comment a little bit my experience of having worked with the Ministry of Corporate Affairs, particularly in that high level committee was very positive, you know, very, very positive. So this is a progressive Ministry of Corporate Affairs. This is uh, taking a very serious uh, look at uh, developmental spending through the private sector and uh, really trying to basically help and, and give a roadmap to India's companies, so the corporate sector, which is also the, the main sort of sector driving innovation, growth, and employment, to also contributing to India's social and economic and environmental challenges.
0: Absolutely. That is very interesting. And Amit, just now looking back, this update came around August 2019. Have you already seen a shift in the way companies are now looking at conducting some of their CSR activities?
1: Absolutely, Divya. So if you look at the latest uh, KPMG report um, on, you know, looking and uh, providing a summary of the last five years of CSR activities in India, you will immediately see that 70 to 80% of the top spenders, the top 100 spenders, are unanimous uh, in aligning the CSR spending to one of the, or permutation combination of SDG goals. Right. Um, And here you see clearly 60% of the spend being aligned to education, health and livelihoods, which is very interesting uh, from the Human Development Index perspective.
0: As we're talking about, you know, the CSR policy and the shift that took place, um, in the lead up uh, to this podcast recording, I actually was conducting some more research on exactly how institutions are playing a part in tapping into you know, this new movement of how corporates are channeling their CSR money to activities pertaining to the SDGs. And I came across an article by the Vice-Chancellor of OP Jindal University, Dr. Siraj Kumar, where he stated that CSR money could play an important role in augmenting research and innovation. So just a follow-up question to that statement, do you think that India's knowledge institutions will have a greater role to play following this policy shift by the Ministry of Corporate Affairs?
1: As an institute of eminence, and also as a globally ranked university, we took upon the mandate that we have to basically commit ourselves to the SDGs. And the particular comment that you refer to by the founding vice-chancellor, Dr. Siraj Kumar, when he talks about how India's CSR money didn't Uh, be an important stimulus to India's knowledge, innovation, and growth, um, also led me to, you know, found this particular center called the Center for Excellence in Corporate Responsibility and Sustainability in a conference uh, co-organized with the Tata Institute of Social Sciences in Delhi at our Delhi campus in November 2018, where the comment was made by the founding vice chancellor also trying to basically define the contributive role that institutions uh, like us can play in India's CSR space and also generically in the SDG space, Mm -hmm. you know, to to, to leverage the intellectual resources that we have at a research-driven institution like Okijindal Global University to tap into the uh, innovation of the young uh, students that we train and educate and to involve them and to make them committed citizens, global citizens, um, to the social, economic and environmental problems as encompassed uh, within the SDG literature. And to do research and to basically develop community partnerships with NGOs, with international agencies, with other uh, uh, collaborating uh, partner institutions, both in India as well as internationally, and then basically do something in terms of concrete action. So translate the knowledge produced through research and uh, do policy advocacy and and, and translate that uh, in practice to benefit uh, communities which most need solutions through participatory research.
0: That sounds very exciting, and I believe it's been two years since the launch of this particular center at OP Jindal Global University. Um, And recently, I actually heard about a new addition to the broader OP Jindal family, which is the School of Environment and Sustainability. It certainly has an extremely bold mission uh, to promote the study of environment and sustainability in all its forms and manifestations. would love to hear more about the school, Amit, and how it plans to perhaps differentiate itself from the center as well as the new kind of initiatives it will be um, building out?
1: The latest school, the ninth school of Ubi Global University, which is the Jindal School of Environment and Sustainability, is a school, is a whole department, right? In addition to the eight existing schools, like public policy and law and international affairs, liberal arts, the center that we talked about earlier, which I founded in the conference in November 2018, which is SECRAS, um, which is the Center for Corporate Responsibility and Sustainability, is, to, is a research center. So it's one of the Right: uh, It's one of the 50, 50 research centers across the university, 50-plus research centers across the university, which tries to basically harness interdisciplinary research capacities. To social, economic, and environmental problems, right, and to and to essentially translate those uh, translate the knowledge and the research produced into actual implementable solutions. The school at such at such, which is called the JCS, the the latest school that you are talking about, the Gentle School for Environment and Sustainability, is a school dedicated to uh, environmental studies and the study of sustainability, uh, which of course has a close connection with research centers like the one that I founded. But it is a school in terms of the fact that it will actually develop teaching curriculum. It will launch degrees to start off with a BA degree in environmental studies. And more importantly, it will be an interdisciplinary school, even a transdisciplinary school, which will, which will basically combine various different aspects of environmental studies like uh, uh, social sciences, humanities, um, biological sciences, sustainable business, and environment studies, you know, into an integrated whole through various coursework, through various project work, um, and will also seek to develop uh, partnerships with various other departments and various other universities across.
0: Fantastic. Amit, thank you so much for your time and your reflections on India's changing CSR policy. And it seems very, very apparent that India's knowledge institutions will play a pivotal role in its march towards the SDGs.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. This episode was produced by ManicPod.